Welcome to the Home with Havila podcast. I'm your host for this week, Ben Cunnington. Havila is in her writing cave and she is writing, writing, writing. She's working on her next book that is coming out uh, in the fall of 2024. Um, that's all we can say for right now, but she is deep in the writing cave. She should be out soon. But um, this month, all month long, we are doing a special Advent series. So we are dropping episodes that Havla recorded on Advent uh, as we approach Christmas. It's a really special time of year. And so if you missed last week, last week was the first part uh, of these Advent series. So go back and listen to that. I encourage you. This week is part two, week two, which is the week or the candle of peace. Uh, It's really awesome. Havla's going to dive into what does that mean? Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace. So we'll dive into part two here in just a second. But real quick, hey, if you haven't signed up for our January 1st Bible study, you've got to do it. This year, it's called I Dream Big. It's a Bible study to discover your purpose, break out of disappointment, and chase dreams God's way. It's going to be amazing. Uh, It's completely free. Every day, uh, you will get a 10-minute video sent to your inbox, Havila teaching through this concept of how do we dream with God and start 2023 off uh, with purpose and discovering the dreams that God's put in our heart and walking that out. So it's completely free. There is a book if you would like to to pick that up, but you don't have to. You can join for free. Go to truththetable.com to sign up and we'll send those Uh, videos straight to your inbox starting January 1st. What a great way to kick off the new year. All right, we are going to jump in. Let's continue our series on Advent part two right now, and I'll catch you at the end. This week is week two. I want to remind you that we have our candles. Some of you even went to Walmart and grabbed your candles, and I love seeing those pictures. So cool. I love that kind of stuff. But this is Advent where you have your evergreen wreath around signifying God's continual love and his his continual presence in our life. And then we have the four candles representing the thousand year marks until uh, Christ comes. And then we have the, the candle of Christ that's in the middle and it's white representing purity, which we will light on Christmas Eve. You can light it on Christmas Day if you like, but we're going to light it on Christmas Eve. So today we actually lit, today's Sunday, and we are lighting our second candle. I know it's not Sunday for you, but it's Sunday for us. And this is actually the candle of faith. So we kind of talked about this being uh, a different candle of hope, the Christ is coming, the expectation, but this is about faith. Uh, It's really kind of, uh, it's been called maybe the Bethlehem candle, where Mary and Joseph make their way to Bethlehem. So we're going to focus on that today and kind of their, well, their advent to him coming. So what's really important, I think the core message of this candle is, is the business of the season in it, in the business of the season, will you still make room for Christ in the middle of all of this? So not only do we have the prophet's candle, now we have the candle of faith, and it's the Bethlehem candle. It also symbolizes the preparations being made to receive and cradle the Christ child. So it basically means like, hey, there's a point in all of Christ's coming where we are required to, in faith, prepare for what we cannot see. That is spiritual as part of our journey in Christmas. Um, Bethlehem is a story about a humble couple 
on an unwanted journey at the, at the most inconvenient time to visit a tiny, insignificant town. Now, we know that to be true. I've actually had the privilege of being in Bethlehem at one point. It's a nothing town. You would never think of anything, it being like, wow. But it's not just like a horrible time because it's the census, which they basically are getting um, exiled out of their homes and have to make the journey. But Mary is like ready to have a baby, which I've had four babies getting, leaving town while you're pregnant, but specifically in the last trimester is not fun. Everything is hard and you're tired and you want to have this baby. And so she's on this journey and then they're going to like a nothing town. They're not going to this romantic place. They're going to this place that isn't even ready for them. And thousands of people are going towards that direction. And you know, it's, it's inconvenient and it's insignificant. What's really interesting about this biblical story is that Caesar Augustus was ruling and he called for a census to be taken, but God was in charge for he used Caesar's edict to move Mary and Joseph 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill his word. Think about this. They have to journey 80 miles on a donkey because they don't have cars. They don't have a train. They have nothing like that. They have to journey 80 miles to go because someone legislated it and they think that they are in charge and they're going to rule out what they need to rule out. And guess what? God is in charge of all of this. He knew exactly what would happen. And so they journeyed those 80 miles to fulfill the word of God. And even though there was no room for Mary or Joseph, God had orchestrated these events. It's interesting if I think about this reality that sometimes things feel like nothing is going as planned. And yet what if everything that's not going as planned is ex exactly where God wants to take us in the process of our life? That's unbelievable. Now you can take some time in your scripture reading this week to go to Micah. Micah chapter five, verses one through five, uh, actually prophesies everything that would happen. Remember, everything that happens in the Old Testament actually comes through in the New Testament. You can always find God, the Jesus is, you know, who Jesus was, the first Christ, God's story. You always find the first Adam and the second Adam. It all connects. And so when you look at Micah, you'll find that all of what happened to Mary and Joseph was all prophesied in the prophets, which is just profound if you really read it and take some time. So as you look at that, you'll find that Mary jumps into this purpose that God has on her life. Joseph does as well. And God had promised the Savior would be a Jew. So we've learned that from the tribe of Judah and the family of David. It even says in Micah that it would be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. I mean, isn't that crazy that I'm sure they're not putting this all together, but God knows, oh no, no, they are in the wrong place. They need to be brought to Bethlehem. They need to have the baby there. She needs to be a virgin. I mean, God is just orchestrating all these things that was already prophesied uh, hundreds of years before. And then we begin to see just how specific God was giving his people direction. I mean, in accordance with scripture, Caesar unknowingly planned and it orchestrated the birth of Christ. Isn't that amazing? So even in his anxiety and fear and everything that was said to him, he's like trying to uproot and figure out what's going on. Guess what? He is divinely orchestrating the coming of Christ without him even knowing. It just shows you that what the enemy planned for evil, God will turn around and plan it for good. If it's his will and his purpose, he'll figure it out for us. And so when the Magi arrived at Herod's residence, they explained that the king was supposed to be born in Bethlehem by quoting these very scriptures. They quote Micah to the king. God did exactly what he said he would do. 
He did not hesitate. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was a mess. It wasn't convenient, but God knew exactly what it was going to do. And Micah tells us these several things. And as you read your scripture, you'll find this. He tells us the Messiah would be born and he would come from the tribe of Judah, that he would rule in Israel. We find that Jesus is eternal and divine and will rule on the earth. He will shepherd his people. This one will be our peace, which will end on the last candle. So Micah 5.5 5 begins to explain that to us. Now, Bethlehem was the smallest clan of Judah. It is, very, it is a very insignificant town, and it's just outside of Jerusalem. Yet God did not choose Jerusalem for the birthplace of the Messiah. This is really, really good for us to hear as followers of Christ that often what we think is the best plan is not the best plan. Being people of faith means that often we have to go in the opposite direction of what we think God is doing. We have to, you know, when someone, the Bible says when someone hurts us, we have to turn the other cheek. When someone asks us to go a mile, we go a second mile. Why? We're doing the opposite of what the natural part of us would say because it's a journey of faith, which says, I believe it's going to happen. It's not if it happens, but when it happens and putting my putting my faith and my activity directed towards it. So God loved the world so much that he chose a tiny, insignificant town as location for the birth of the one who was literally going to change the world. Just think about that. The most insignificant parts of our lives could actually be the place of our greatest miracle. The things that we think no one sees, no one knows, how's this all gonna work out? God has a plan and a purpose. He'll join all of that together. In fact, it demonstrates this several times in the weeks to come leading up to the Messiah's birth. So my question is, what about you? Do you want peace this Christmas? Jesus is your peace. In the business of this season, are you making room for Christ? You know, I think about when Mary and Joseph knocked on the innkeeper's door and he didn't have any room for them. I wonder if the innkeeper had known who it was if he would have given him his own bedroom. You know, sometimes we say, well, God, if if I know I'll do this, I'll give that way, I'll be, you know, if I knew you were coming, then I would, I would prepare a place for you. But, you know, sometimes I think it's that the part of us that stays ready, like the virgins in the Bible that keep their oil burning or keep their oil filled, part of our lives and part of our, well, our Christ following mandate is to keep ourselves ready for what God will do. You know, the Bible talks a little bit about how there are all kinds of pots and pans in the Bible. There are ones that are used for banquets and there are those to take out the garbage. And, you know, they each have their own purpose and plan. Some are fancy, some aren't fancy. Some are, you know, used at the finest moments, some aren't, but they all have a purpose. But the goal is not where you're used. The goal is that you're ready for service. And this is really critical when it comes to, well, December and this idea of faith is it's not my job to figure out how I'm going to get there. It's my job to stay ready for when he calls me, I respond. I don't hesitate. I'm saying, God, I know you're coming. You prophesied it. You said you would do it in Micah. You said that you would you would come to Bethlehem. You said that you'd be born of the tribe of Judah. In Israel, you'd be a shepherd. I see all these things. So I'm going to prepare a place for you. I wonder how many moves of God were dismissed because nobody had room to house God, to house his presence. So in the business of the season, will you make room for him? And in faith, will you move forward? I can't help but see in my own life areas that I need to prepare for him. You know, I love Christmas. I love wrapping presents. I love the activities. I love the Christmas parties. But 
And all of this, my life is an advent that says, I'm getting ready for you, God. I'm getting ready for your your appearance. I'm getting ready to live in eternity with you. It is not about a moment of celebration. This is about a lifestyle of expectation that you will come and you will do what you said you would do. And this week, I've actually, I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures that you can look up and meditate on and grab your cup of coffee, light your Advent candle and read some of these passages and really connect your heart to the season. I also want you to take that song, A Little Town of Bethlehem. You know, we sing it sometimes in our Christmas gatherings or, you know, carols, but I want you to open that open those words up. I want you to look at what's been written. It's, I'm not going to read them all to you, but I'll post it in your notes. And you can just go through all of these. The last part of it, O holy child of Bethlehem, descended to us, we pray, cast out all our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels and the great glad tidings tell, O come to us, abide with us, the Lord Emmanuel. Read those words God, we welcome your presence in our lives. Jesus, we're so grateful for your birth. And in faith, we want to be like Mary and Joseph. In blind faith, we want to prepare for you. We don't want to look at things as significant or insignificant. We want to trust that when you say go, we'll go. And when you say do it, we do it. And what you say, say, we'll say. We won't hesitate. We will be your followers. I pray that we would have faith like Mary and Joseph, that we would prepare a place for you even now in our lives. That when you knock on our door, we give you our room. We give you the best place in our lives and in our hearts and in our time and in our family. All right. That was part two of this Advent series. The Candle of Peace. Um, love this so much. I hope you are enjoying this series so far. And we've got two more weeks uh, left in this series. Uh, would love to just hear your comments about the podcast in general. And um, so shoot us an email anytime you can send it to support at truththetable.com or tag us on Instagram. You can tag us at, at truththetable.com or Havala Cunnington. We always love hearing from you. Um, a couple things we have coming up, as I mentioned at the beginning, our beginning of the year Bible study, January 1st, I Dream Big. Don't forget to sign up. It's free. Go to truththetable.com and sign up for that. And, uh, We just are so grateful to have you here. If this is your first time listening to the Home with Havila podcast, welcome. I encourage you to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified of any new episodes. And if you want to leave us a review, we always uh, read each and every one of them. And it just means so much to us. It helps spread the word about Havila's podcast. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week for part three in this Advent series. Thank you.